All right, guys, welcome back to the WRPF podcast. I'm your host, Alex Uslar. Episode 25, quarter way to 100. I got a very special guest this week. I got my boy, Jawan Garrison. The reason why Jawan's a very special guest to me is because this is my athlete. Right. This is my this is my homie right here. It's just me and, and me and two friends just sitting down having a chat. A lot of things I'm going to ask him. I already know, but I want you guys to get to know Jawan. Jawan's been flying under the radar for a very, very long time. We yeah. first met at the hybrid showdown, which was like one of his breakout meets uh, back in 2020, I believe. And just seeing that boy doing wild things, smoking Newports out in the parking lot between all of the attempts and uh, just all over the place. And I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's wild. Started following on Instagram, saw his training was even freaking wilder. And then that connected us. But we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things to talk about, about me and Jawan's history his history and powerlifting burst into the scenes. And then, of course, like you guys know, most of the guests that have been on for the last couple of weeks getting ready for the American pro, getting ready to do some damage. Jawan, welcome, bro. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Long, long, long-winded intros is what I do. I say so many things, all you got to do is be like, what's good? That's it, bro. That's that's pretty dope. Hell yeah, man. So let's get get to know Jawan. Let's get to know when and where you burst in the powerlifting scene. You only started competing just a couple years back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were were already in your 30s pretty much when you started competing. Well, I was... Late twenties. Okay, late late twenties. Yeah, late twenties. Yeah. So, talk to me about what was Jawan doing, Mister Alabama, before he got into powerlifting. Uh, before I started competing, I was uh, playing football. Man, um, I was doing the semi-pro football. I had done it for uh, eleven years. So, um, I was doing that. I was a defensive back, um, and I was still training, but it wasn't any type of well, in my eyes, it wasn't any type of powerlifting training. It was more so just working out just to stay in shape. So take, but, me, uh, take me as far back as you can remember. Back in your, your teenage years, when you, you were playing football in high school and stuff like that, and where you are? I did, okay, I did one year in high school, but way, way back, let's just say my, my, my sports background started with wrestling. Okay. Um, yeah, wrestling and uh, track and field. And I did that in the seventh grade, um, pretty much all throughout high school, wrestling and wrestling and track. So that's my background. I actually only played one year of football in high school. My main thing was track and wrestling. So with track and wrestling, did they have you doing any type of weight training in high school or not? Really? Uh, it was very minimal. It was more so conditioning back then. Um, I didn't really... I didn't really get into like uh lifting weights. It was it was in high school, but um it wasn't anything like like heavy or anything. But I had always been somewhere in the lifting world. Like I started super early. Uh like my dad had me going to the gym with him when I was twelve. So te- I tell people technically I've been lifting weights since I was twelve. Okay. So. So at one point throughout this this history, you're 12, you're lifting weights a little with your dad, not in school, which is probably a better thing. Your dad was probably teaching you better than they would have in goddamn school. All right. Um, so at what at any point were you doing some freaky shit that made you an outlier, or were you a smaller guy when you were wrestling and tracking and field and it was nothing crazy impressive? No, I was a little dude. I was a little dude. I think I was uh 135. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, one 135. Um 
And then the most I got up to was like maybe like 150, 150 in high school. So um, yeah, I always been a little guy, but like even in high school, I was strong for my size, if that make any sense. So oh, like course. they yeah. like they knew they knew then I was stronger than normal for like a guy who weighed 140 pounds. Fair. So yeah. how did how did this shift happen from being focused on two sports to then all of a sudden playing semi pro semi pro football? What happened there after high school? So the thing was, um, what happened? Um, I always wanted to play football. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't. Um, I played like I said that one year in high school. I actually had an injury. So that's what kind of like ended that whole ordeal uh, with with football in high school. Um, but afterwards, uh, this guy that I knew, he just hit me up and he was like, hey, man, you want to play football? And I was like, yeah. And I, he, he told me where the tryouts was going to be at. And I was there. And um, and that's that's really just how they got started. Uh, football was like um, my first love anyways. Um, I just used to always play with my cousins and stuff like that growing up. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, that's what, that's where that came from. And, but once I, once I started playing, like I knew, like it was after, it was after high school. So I knew like that's something that I could do in the summertime and, you know, leading up to the summertime, it'd give me a reason to work out. And, um, and I would just, you know, have something to do, something to occupy my time during the summer. So at what point do you go from just playing it, you try out, till it, it comes to a semi-pro position? And what does a semi-pro even mean or look like? Well, it's basically it's basically like recreational. Okay. So we're not getting paid. Okay. But it's still just like they got the different powerlifting uh, federations. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, recreational football. So you got some federations that's tougher than others and or other leagues that's tougher than others, but it's all like levels. Um, so that's that's pretty much how that whole thing worked out. But uh, it, but like I said, we weren't getting paid or anything. It was just it was just a bunch of grown men um, basically out there just going at it. But it's a real deal. It's a real deal, though. It's a real deal. Sure. All yeah. right, so you're doing that. Pretty much, you get out of high school, you start doing that, and at what point did you start? Like, you were you lifting weights more seriously now at this point? Were oh, yeah. you putting on weight? What, what did that look like training all throughout? Yeah. You know, kind of your twenties doing this for. I mean, yeah. the better part of your entire twenties, right? Yep, most definitely. Um, I was I was the youngest on the team when I started, and I think I had just turned eighteen. And then um, I remember when I when I finished playing, I was probably like the second oldest guy on the team at the time. But um so yeah I did it most of my most of all my pretty much most of my twenties um I was doing that. But um but yeah I was I had gotten into training um and like I said I was I, I didn't weigh much then so that was another reason why I wanted to start training uh more was to like try to get bigger uh because some of those guys were pretty big and I played defense. So like I wasn't getting hit, I had to run into him and hit him. So so I, I was trying to put on a little weight. It didn't work too well, but um, but I did what I could do though. I did what I could do. But that's what pretty much got me into 
uh, training more seriously, uh, more consistently was when I was playing football to keep me in shape, uh, get stronger for that. What did your training look like throughout this time? Was it kind of just like a, a normal gym bro split? Were you looking at different like resources online or you just went in, you trained your legs, you trained your upper body, you just did whatever? Yeah, I just I just went in and squatted, benched, and did some accessories. So that's that it. I didn't deadlift. I didn't start I didn't start deadlifting until I was uh 27. 26, 27. Well, that's fucking funny because it's still pulling teeth to get you to do accessories. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Why do you think of that? It's, it's most people when they find the gym, their early 20s, whatever it is, in college, in high school, they're more drawn to the machines. They're more drawn to doing the accessories. They're more drawn to bodybuilding because everyone knows who the fuck Arnold is. Everyone knows, you know, all that kind of shit. What yeah. do you think it was that was drawing you so much towards squatting and benching primarily as all your training? I think it was because that's what I was doing uh, in high school, just squatting and benching. And I, and we did the hang cleans, um, but I didn't like those. I never liked them. So I never knew I, I, knew I wasn't going to do them whenever I did start working out. But other than that, we was benching and we were squatting. And um uh, I remember being in the, it was like the thousand pound club in high school or whatever. You know, I had like the club t-shirts yeah. for your squat bench. And uh, we had power clean at the time. But yeah, I made, I finally made it to the thousand pound club my uh, senior year. So, but like I said, I knew I didn't like power clean or those hang cleans, but benching and benching and squatting was uh, two of the things that I liked doing in, in high school. So uh, once I got to the gym, um, outside of that, um, that was primarily where my focus was on just benching and squatting. Um, I was I wasn't doing too much accessory work, like I said, because it just it it just seemed boring. I I wasn't I didn't know that you needed to do certain things to strengthen other muscles that help your bigger muscles and. All kind of stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it was it was just bench, it was just bench squat, and outside running. Well, it's funny because that carried over a lot into your yeah. training when you started actually powerlifting, right? Yeah. So, at what point did you at what point did you first hear about the word powerlifting and realize that it's something outside of just squatting and benching and doing that thing deadlifts that you don't like to do? Yeah. Um, I want to say it was maybe maybe a year, maybe a year or two before I actually did my first uh, meet. Um, there was a gym across the street from where I was working out. They had like a, I guess it was just like a uh, like a powerlifting meet for just like the people that went to the gym or whatever. And um, so I actually went to that. And then I kind of got there was when I kind of got like my first taste of what it's like to lift in front of people. Um, I was training at the gym and the people there they was like, hey, man, you ought to do this. They having this event at the gym across the street. And I was like, all right. I showed up and uh, like it, it wasn't any type of like training for it or, or nothing. I just went in. I did. Uh, bench squat and deadlift and we was 
I think we used like the gym plates and stuff like that. It was just like a super, super local thing they had just for the gym. And um, it wasn't any kind of like judges or, or nothing like that. They, it was just, I'm assuming, just people that worked at the gym. But um, but that was like my first taste of like the word powerlifting. That was my first time ever hearing about it. And um, I did it, and it was cool. But I, did, I didn't think after then that that was what I wanted to do at that moment. Do you remember what you hit at that little just mock competition kind of deal? Ugh, I think I might have squatted. Um, I might have squatted like five hundred. Um, uh, probably benched anywhere between like three sixty-five, three seventy-five. I can't remember what I deadlifted, but it was something low. It was something low. My deadlifts always been low. <laughs> well, lower than your fucking squat, because we already know yeah. freaky squat. In case you guys didn't know, Jawan's yeah. the all-time world record squat in the 181 class, looking to bump it up more. So yeah. what I do on every podcast, which we'll, we'll start starting to slowly segue into this, I like to have the open powerlifting history up of the person who I'm talking and I'm interviewing, right? So the first mm-hmm. competition we have from you on open powerlifting was July of 2017. Right. Correct. So this thing that you did at that other gym, you said that was like a year, two years before. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you get you get that. Yeah, I, was, I was still playing. I was still playing football then. Okay. Cool. So they you yep. just they just tell you you need to come in, max out, hit as much as you can hit. You do that. You realize it's kind of a thing, but it doesn't really irk your interest or like motivate you enough to stop doing what you're doing. Right. So right. what happened next? So what happened next was that was around year nine or ten uh for me playing ball and then i knew around year nine or ten that i was starting to get a little burnt out and um and i was like well i need to find something else to do because i don't have nothing to do um crazy it took nine or ten years to get burnt out yeah but all right (laughs) yeah yeah so i started to get burnt out man um but um, so I want to say it was a year later, about a year and a half later, I was in a different gym and, um, I think the same guys was there though. Um, but they basically was telling me that I needed to get into it, get into powerlifting. Cause by then, like my numbers then increased even more, you know, after a year and a half of basically doing a bodybuilding type towel, a, a bodybuilding type style of lifting but with uh heavier weights because i was doing like i was doing like i was now i think about it, it was probably at the time it was probably like 80 plus percent for like sets of like eight nine ten and and just and just going ham like it, but i didn't know what i was doing i just knew i could do it um but they told me they was like hey man you need to get in the power lift try it out so I knew then, um, like I said, I was getting tired of playing football. Uh, get, I get to my last year, and I say to myself, um, if we lose in the playoffs, then it's my last year playing. If we had won the championship, I might have came back and did another year. But I said, if we lose in the playoffs this year, um, I'm going to – this is going to be it for me, and I'm going to start powerlifting. So we lost in the second round, and then I knew then football career was over with. Um, 
and it was time to move on to 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 do something else. So um, after that happened, um, by this time I had uh, then already started looking up the other lifters that I might be um, seeing if I competed. Um, uh, at the time, at that time, Michael Michael Marino was like one of the big dogs around the weight that I was. Him and uh, Ross Petkoff. Mm-hmm. Both uh, of them were very, very active on social media. This is the time about the U.S. Open and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, man. So those were like the top guys in in that class. Um, and then it was it was like Russ and uh, John Hack and uh, Brett Gibbs and the weight class that I'm in now. So it was it was I was I didn't know if I was going to be 165 guy or or 181 because I weighed at the time I started competing. I was like 174, 173. So I didn't know which way I was going to go yet. So you start finding these guys, you start realizing these names, you start looking at numbers, you're right away kind of analyzing it, right? Because when you did football, you went in hard, you wanted to be the best, you wanted to win these championships. So right off the bat, you already got your eyes set on these guys and knowing what you got to beat, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I'm, so I'm on YouTube. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on YouTube looking at all these guys because I didn't have an Instagram then. So I just seen them on YouTube and uh and, and yeah man I was looking at the numbers and I was like wow I was like I don't see how these guys doing that because I wasn't nowhere near that and well my deadlift wasn't but um but I ain't gonna talk about Hat because he was doing stuff when I when I first started watching him I was like ain't no way I was like ain't no way so I put him I put him over there and I put everybody else over here and I was like okay well I can do this well if I train hard enough I might be able to do that. Uh, so, so that's, that's kind of how that went. Yeah. I was just scoping everybody out. So what made you sign up and choose this first competition and how long were you training? So the first competition, July, 2017, right? So Mm -hmm. what was the lead up like that for you find just something local and you're like, all right, let me, let me do this with the actual rules and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew it was a local meet. Um, it was really close. Uh, I didn't have to drive far. Uh, I think I probably I I did like um what month was that in July July so uh, I think I I might have started my prep for that because I didn't even know how to prep <laughs> I think I might have started that in um in April or May I think I'm, it might have been May so um and I I didn't like I said I didn't know anything about prepping. All I knew was start light, end heavy, rest before the meet. So, um, and even even my years into powerlifting, that's before I got a little more detailed into my training. That's what I did. I just started light with a lot of reps, ended with little reps, heavier weight, rest the meet, rest the week of the meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So first competition, you go in, you hit a 550 squat, 407 bench, right? And a five, uh, what is that? A 578, 578 deadlift. Okay. Hey, look, there you go. You deadlifted more than your squat, right? So yeah. deadlift yeah. started coming around, right? Yeah. All right. Well, so, so go ahead. Yeah. So um, I deadlifted more than I squatted, but I missed my third squat. So okay. if I had a 
if I had got my third squat, then I, my squat would have been higher than my deadlift. Because if you look at the old powerlifting history, it really starts quickly turning around. It's either matched or your squat starts surpassing your deadlift, right? Yep. yep. So take me through after that first competition, your next year or two of competing, right? Because you, you went and competed in 2018 again. You went on to compete at uh, uh, state championships, right? Mm -hmm. You did drug tested worlds. Take me through mm -hmm. those different competitions and kind of your mindset, you know, because each competition you got better. Your total increased, right. your dots increased by your second competition. You already had a 515 dots. Very, very yeah. elite, right? Yeah. So... When I started, my whole thing was to get on the Team USA um, for the W. I mean the the USPA. They had the the Team USA. You know, everybody get the shirts and 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 do like the uh, the worlds or the tested worlds and stuff like that. So at the time when I started, that was like the best you could do because you know that's just what I thought. Um, so that, that that was my goal when I started was to one day make that USA team. So um, so after my first competition and my second, um, then I started working. I started working towards that. Started seeing like how do you get on the team, and I found out you had to have like a high enough what they was calling at the time Wilkes. You had to have a high enough Wilkes score um, and get and basically get. Uh, selected out of the top Wilkes. So um, so that was my goal. And that was my goal to, like I said, get on that team. Um, I want to say around, I can't remember exactly what meet it was, but it was the meet I had in Virginia, the uh, drug-tested uh, Commonwealth Games. Um, and that's another thing. Um, I knew the quickest way for me to get on the team was to go through the drug testing way because the numbers, the guys were slipping in the, uh, the non-tested uh, world's team compared to me at the time. Like I wasn't going to be able to get there like as quick. So, um, so I started doing like the more tested meets and, and trying to, I knew that's how I wanted to get on the team. So, um, I did the drug tested uh, Commonwealth Games in in Virginia, and I think that was the meet that ended up qualifying me for that team. But what happened was, um, somewhere, um, <clears throat> somewhere somebody dropped out. Somebody dropped out. Can't remember who it was, but like I was like I was obsessed back then, man. I was emailing Steve Dennison. I was emailing him like, hey, man, how do I get on the team and what do I got to do and all kind of stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, somebody dropped out and they actually bumped me up. I was next. I had just missed the, the, the lineup. And then somebody dropped out and it bumped me up. So that's how I made the team that year. Um, so I felt like that. I, I felt like I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to do. <laughs> once I, once I, Literally in your first year, because funny enough, with that Commonwealth Games from your first competition was exactly one year apart from July 2017 yeah. to July 2018. Boom. Mission accomplished. Right. Like yeah. all achieved on, yeah. the, on the world team. But it's funny because in retrospect, now you being an actual professional powerlifter, being one of the best in the world, you realize none of the best actually strive to be on 
those world teams of those other, you know, federations or whatever it is, you know, it's yeah. like you go to a pro level meet, you, you try to win 10, 15, $20,000, not just win a team USA shirt and they pay yeah. for your flight to go compete. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get that spot. That spot is in uh, November, 2018 drug tested worlds. Was it everything yeah. you hoped and dreamed of when you got out there? It was the best, man. I had the best time. I had the best time. That was my first. Right? And didn't you tell me that that was like, well, for a meet, was the first time you even traveled on an airplane or something? That was my first time on a plane. That's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. First time on a plane to Vegas. Um, And then, so, once once I got on the team, I seen that there was this other guy who was actually in the same weight class as me. And um, his name was Dexter Jones. And I think uh, Joe Sullivan uh, coached him at the time. So I and so I was, you know, researching everybody. I looked up everybody, but I seen he was in my weight class, and he was really strong too. And um, so it turns out, you know, we both on the team. Uh, I met him. Uh, it's my first time meeting Joe Sullivan at the first. The, yeah, it's my first time meeting him. Um, and me and Dexter, we became, you know, really cool. Um, like I said, it was our first time meeting each other. Uh, we ended up um, going heads up at uh, Tested Worlds. Um, I think I won by five pounds. It was close. It was really close. He missed He missed his last deadlift. So if he had a guy his deadlift, he would have won that meet. Um, but, yeah, I, I got mines. Um, I ended up winning the weight class and uh, best overall uh, at that at that meet too in 2018. So there you go, 2018. You literally achieve your goals. Yeah. How did you figure out what was next from there? What what, what you know did that bite you to keep going? Was it like let me just keep staying the same course, or where did it shift? Because you didn't make your pro circuit, as they say, debut till 2020, right? 2020, right? So mm -hmm. you're still continue, you're competing along the way, right? Yep. So where, what time did your goals shift, or what were they now after that meet? Did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? So after then, um, which so it's actually still what I do to this day. Um, I never, I'm not gonna say never, but um, my main thing was setting my personal goals. And uh, and reaching those in competition, um, and it just so happened to be every time I set a goal and reached it, my Wilk score went up. But that's because the the goals was going up. So um, yeah, that was my that was my main thing. I mean, I think I I can't remember exactly where I was at where I was competing before the showdown. Um, but I don't think I did. If I traveled, it wasn't far. I think I was just trying to, I was just trying to compete and, and um, like I said, just hit my goals. Uh, but once I started finding out about these uh, bigger meets, um, I was like, hey, I want to do one, you know. And and finding out you had to have like a certain uh, dots. Oh, uh, it was still Wilkes. You had to have a certain Wilkes. And actually what happened was I had the Wilkes score, but I wasn't getting any invites. Right, because no one knew who the hell you were. Nobody knew who I was. Right. So I had I had the had the score. I was 
qualified to go. I just wasn't getting any invites, so I didn't know like how to sign up for the meets. Um, and I even remember um, I might have DM'd. Uh, I think it was for the current. I DM'd somebody for the current meet. It might have been the current page. I can't remember. But I remember one year, and I want to say it was 2019. Um, I think it was 2019. I had reached out to them, and I was like, hey, can I compete in sleeve still? And they was like, well, it's not a sleeved meet. Right. It's, like it's, a, it's like it's a wraps meet. And I was like, well, do I qualify still? And technically, my Wilkes was still high enough with my sleeve total to do it. So um, I think I registered for that meet. I think I registered for the current. Um, and I know I, I got my invite to it. I had I can't remember who I talked to, but um, but it was somebody on Instagram. But I, I finally ended up getting the invitation. They had my name on it and everything for that meet. I remember put it on Facebook because I don't I don't think I had hold on did I have a I think I had an Instagram then but yeah I put it on Facebook or whatever but I never did the meet uh, I can't remember why I didn't go I'm gonna uh, guess it, it might have been because COVID because the 2020 because Kern was always in April so it might have been April 2020 that you were supposed to do oh, that no, but then no, COVID no, got is, it shut down it, it was well, it was was before the end oh um, it's 2019 then yeah it it might have been 18 okay. no it couldn't have been 18 it was 19 it had okay. to been 2019. But um, but yeah, I can't remember exactly why I didn't go. Um, but yeah, so I just knew once I was able to go to these bigger meets, um, that's what I was, you know, gonna try to do just to get on to like a bigger stage with the with the bigger names, cause like most of the meets I was doing, they was like, you know, nobody was there, right. you know, that I was that I knew, um, uh, that I knew of. It was just a bunch of local meets. Um, yeah, and I was winning them and it was easy. Um, so I was like, you know, I need to try to step out and, and find some more like competition, you know? Um, so that was the goal. That was the goal to seek out bigger competition. Um, I don't, I can't remember if it was anybody in my weight class that I was going to be competing with around that time. Um, I think had. I think Hat was, was it was his last meets as a one one eighty one around then. He was he was on his way out, and I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> you know, crazy fucking story about John Hack. Not a lot of people know this. The first hybrid showdown was in uh, December of twenty seventeen. Okay, and it was USPA sanctioned full power meet, and then unsanctioned deadlift only portion. All the prize money was for deadlift only. You know, we had Dan Green come out, Micah Marino come out, John Hack. We invited John Hack to come out. This motherfucker, I, I don't think a lot of people know this. It was so long ago. He competed. None of the pros that came out, they all came out for the deadlift only, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to do the full power. He did the full power portion with just like, it was only like a 30-person 30, 30 meet with a bunch of amateurs. He did the full power portion, broke some all-time world records, it was an hour break. He deadlifted, right? Hour yeah. break, and then did the deadlift only uh, portion again. So he did six maximal deadlifts, bro. And then I think he won the deadlift portion also. That's Crazy sweet. motherfucker. But that was That's one sweet. of his last meets at 181. So that was like 2018. He maybe did a couple more in 2018, and then that was it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his I thought I want to say his last I can't remember his last meet, but I remember when he it was uh what's the meet they did in I think it was Texas. The Pioneer. The tribute. Yeah, the tribute, which is yeah. 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 Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah. But um but yeah, so that's how that that's how all that went out. Um I just wanted to go find some bigger bigger competition. Um because I knew like when when I get into a meet like my mindset is always the I have the me versus me mindset. Um, so but so then, like I said, I got tired of doing that. I was like, well, shoot, I want to go against somebody or whatever. But in my weight class, like I said, it was hack and um, it was a couple of other guys. Um, but you know they wasn't signing up to the meet. I can't remember who else was Malik Durstein. I think was a one eighty one guy back then. Um, he raps, but he was a 181 guy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing his name up there. I remember seeing the guy's name that had the all-time world record squat, but that guy was from like Russia or something. It was his name was like a, a Alexi Alex uh, some Euclid. I can't remember his last name. I don't know, but he was somewhere overseas. But um, but yeah, I just needed. To, I just wanted to get out there and get some bigger some bigger competition. So. Okay, we tried for the uh, the U.S. Open, didn't work out. People didn't even still didn't know who the hell you were. Your first pro meet, your first pro debut is 2020, uh, September, the showdown meet, right? After not competing all of 2020, COVID, all this fucking craziness, they moved the meet from Buffalo to the middle of nowhere, Kansas City. Oh. How did how did you get noticed for that? How did you get on that roster? Because that, that was your breakout meet, obviously, but it, you didn't have a big enough breakout before that. Right. Um... Man, I think I might have just I think I might have just had the total to go. I might have just had the 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 um the the wilts to 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 get on to get in that to get into that meet. And um and I remember it did get moved from from New York because I, I was supposed to go and I was like, well damn, this be my first time going to New York because I I still never been in New York. So um that was gonna be my first time going there. And then when they moved it to Kansas City, I was like I was like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to go there, but I was still happy that they was having the meet. Right. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think I just I think I just qualified to go, man. And then like I wasn't, I didn't have any, like I knew I had some I had some personal goals that I wanted to set. But um, but to be honest with you, like my main thing, I was just ready to get out there to meet all these people that I had been watching. Um on Instagram and Facebook and for, for the few years I had been competing. Like it was my, it was my first time meeting a lot of people uh, or seeing a lot of people. Cause I didn't really, I didn't talk to a lot of folks. I just looked at me like, Oh, that's such and such. And that's such and such or whatever. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was really exciting. Um, that time when I went to uh, Kansas city. Yeah. So, I mean, that meet was an absolute breakout meet for you. You had tons yeah. of great performances before that. You put up a 536 dots, but that meet, you get eight for nine, almost go nine for nine, 576 yeah. dots. Did you, I think you you got one of the best lifters, right? Top three, top five, something like that? Man, I just missed it. Okay. I just missed it. I had just missed it in that meet. Um, I think all of the guys, uh, I think Hat won it. And then the rest of the guys was like 275, right. 242. They was all big guys. And then um, and I think 
I had just missed it uh, by like just like maybe a couple of dots. Like I can't remember. It was point some. I had just missed it. Like for I think it might have been like two points or something. I can't remember. Well, you know, what's funny is because that meet was scored by Wilkes still. Mm-hmm. Right? Because again, and same with the next meet you did after that, the hybrid showdown, because I'm looking at it right now. You had Dan Bell ahead of you, Zach Meyer, Shane Holler. But if it would have been scored by Dots, you would have been second place because the way that yeah. the formula kind of shifts and changes. But um, still – I know it was a huge, massive breakout performance for you because I watched that meet. I saw that meet. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I started following yeah. you on Instagram, and shortly after that is when I sent you personally or from one of the hybrid pages an invite for the hybrid showdown, right? You'd, yeah. you'd gotten noticed. Now you mm-hmm. got an invite to another one of the biggest meets, the hybrid showdown three, which was in 2021, right? Yeah, right. So take me through the kind of that transition after that meet, after that amazing performance, now keeping it up and still still progressing into another meet just five months later. Yeah. Um, after that meet, <clears throat> after the showdown meet, um, I had got like a bunch of more followers. Um, well, I ain't gonna say a bunch, but to me it was a bunch. And whenever I get on Instagram and see 10 people follow me or 20 people, like that's a lot to me. But um, but yeah, um, yeah, that was just a, it was my breakout meet. Um, it was my first time. Like I remember seeing like they would have like the I had like a video person, um, the guy who was doing the artwork for people. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I know like, uh, Liam or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did, he did, he did something for me. Drawing, um, yeah. Yeah, that was my first time having all this kind of stuff going. So, um, like like you said, that was like my breakout meet in 2020. Um, going into hybrid, um, same thing, man. I just knew, I just knew I wanted to improve. Um, I knew I missed my, I missed my third deadlift at the showdown. It was like 699. Um, so I knew going into hybrid, <clears throat> that was the goal was to pull that. At the hybrid meet, um, as far as the um, benching and squatting go, oh, hybrid. Was that the year? Uh, that was when uh, me and Micah had the little thing thing going on. I think at the hybrid meet. Yes, 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 yes. Michael yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing a total more and shit. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. on social media. Yeah. And yeah, it, that was, it helped get more traction for your name. You guys having this kind of little friendly back and forth. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was real fun too. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me and him doing a little trash talking and and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, it was all love though. We knew that. Um, but yeah, so I knew I, that was a that was gonna be a really important meet. Um, that was one reason that gave me extra motivation to try to beat this guy because I knew he was gonna be in raps. Uh, still. Um, so I was like, okay, like I got to come with it. You know, I don't want to lose or whatever. So, um, so that, that was something that motivated me to, you know, stay on my shit, uh, with training and, and, uh, like I said, pretty much kept me motivated throughout the whole, throughout the whole thing. Cause that was the thing, me versus Micah at the hybrid meet. So that was, that was my motivator, uh, for that. Um, once I got there, um, 
Yeah, it was it was it was tough meet, man. It, it well, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I went. Then I went three for three on my squats. Um, bench almost missed. Almost shit the bed on bench. Right. Um, almost shit the bed on bench, man. Um, uh, I remember. I think I, I opened at like four fifty seven. Went straight from four fifty seven to five oh seven on my for my second attempt, and um, I can't remember exactly why I did it. I can't remember why I did it. PR, I guess, because that would have chipped your PR from your previous meet. So you're like, ah, oh, PR, right? But you take yep, this that, huge that. jump that would have destroyed your total. And I remember seeing seeing the second attempt, like, wasn't even really close. And then you yep. came back for the grinder of the century and got that 507 and got that PR. And then went three for three on deadlifts, made that missed deadlift, secured a huge total PR, and just barely missed a 600 dots, right? Yep, so, yep. Another near damn perfect performance. Yeah, close. Yeah, um, and I knew I had a lot riding on that bench too. If I had to miss that, if I had to miss that third attempt, I don't place at the meet. I didn't wasted all this money coming to Miami. Right. Like it, it would have been a whole shit show. Um, yeah, it would have been a long ride home. So <laughs> I, had, I had a, I had a, I had a lot riding on that. I was just talking to. Um, uh, 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 I think I posted that bench in my store the other week. It was like last week, week before last. And um, I was telling Shane, uh, like, to this day, that's still the most clutch lift I've ever hit in a meet. That that, that third attempt bench at the hybrid. Yeah, that was serious. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so after that hybrid, now we're going to kind of start rolling through the last couple of years of history, right? So shortly yeah. after that – is when you and I started chatting. I'm following you on Instagram. You're growing on social media. And I believe you were preparing for the next show. You you were going to get ready for the next showdown, the second showdown meet, right? Yes. And yes. Uh, I remember seeing you. You're like, you know, nine, ten weeks out and missing lifts, missing lifts way underneath your maxes and stuff. And that's where you and I start connecting because mm -hmm. you, you, you were able to get to a, a – very high level at a pretty fast pace but everyone knows like even though you know you're an older guy you've been lifting a long time for powerlifting you were still getting those newbie gains things were just flowing yeah. flowing flowing right yeah and you train crazy and just max out all the time till a certain till it just starts catching up i remember one of the first conversations i had with you when it came to coaching stuff i'm like all right i'm like so so how do you train you're like i usually go in and i'll hit like a single or a double sometimes it'll be like a single at 600 pounds on squat sometimes it'll be a single at 700 pounds i don't know sometimes i'll miss it and i'm like wait what like yeah shit, man like you know what i mean like you're 10 weeks out like we're not taking those gradual steps to get where we were because you had again you had made so much progress you're able to do that for a certain period of time but now when you get also more competitions back to back to back that you're trying to do, you're like, well, how do I get up to that? Right. So that's where yeah. we first connected, but also where some of your first injuries were coming into play. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was, um, um, uh, when I got, when we got together, man, I was banged up all the time, all the time, like from training. Um, yeah. And, and it would, and it, and it wouldn't be like, I would just, it wasn't when I was training, it was just after training. It was like the day-to-day -day lifestyle. I was always hurting, always aching. Uh, at the time, I didn't know I was overtraining, but that's what I was doing on a consistent like basis. And um, and that's one of the things that led me into getting a coach. Um, I told myself, like, I felt like 
I felt like I had gotten to a point to where I was getting to that top end that I was going to be able to get to on my own um, and without getting injured. So, so I knew, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to get a coach and um, prolong my career. Because um, if, if I hadn't have gotten with you, then I wouldn't be in this chair right now. <laughs> Literally, oh, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here because I was I was headed I was headed on the downside. On the downside. Yeah, man, we were definitely able to. I feel like cumulatively work well together, communicate well together, yeah. analyze what you were doing, know what works for you, and just like anyone, there's ups and downs. And you know, through then you're at this high level history, right? We start preparing mm -hmm. for the Ghost Clash. Uh, Ghost Clash. Perfect, perfect prep, but you know, uh, Peck is healing up, but then the back thing flares up, and that—that's the constant struggle, right? But how you yeah. can come back from it is what matters, right? So for Ghost Clash in in 2022, just you know, a year and a half ago, you know, the back's not good. Take an attempt, almost get an all-time world record bench, right? Yeah, back gets healthy, push start pushing the squat. Peck gets a little bit weird. We're able to get an all-time world record squat, right? Yeah, but. Again, now we're kind of just snowballing through this last year and a half of what we've done, right? Because you've had – it's been amazing performance after amazing performance, even when you're not completely healthy. Still winning, right. still getting prize money along the way, jumping into some small different meets, uh, you know, and, and placing in them and having some fun with it. But obviously, American Pro last year, being able to hit an all-time world record squat, right? Um, breaking over 600-pound dots and winning some money with it. Yeah. And that's considering that performance. A lot of people don't know this. You can look at the open powerlifting history and see his bench wasn't 100%, right? Peck was yeah. coming off a peck injury. Still, yeah, man. Still managed to P uh, PR the total, right? Win yeah. some money. So now we've had a long year off, and here we are in present day. Yeah. So we, yeah. we, we don't, we don't want to let on too much and tell everyone all the crazy <laughs> shit that we got planned. But... That's why I'm very excited for you guys to hear this episode. Just listen to Juwan talk because we're going to do some crazy shit. Anyone, yeah. can, you never know. John Hack is the unbeatable person, but anything can happen on any given day. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I'm, my, 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 my mindset, I just need to make it there. Once I get there. Oh. We Once I get there, then it's a different story. But I'm like just three or four to... more training sessions to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, again, guys, we're not going to let you on because you guys have heard all these different episodes where I've asked the people I'm interviewing what are their goals for the American Pro. I'm going to make the decision and say we're not telling you guys the goal, all right? But I best believe multiple all-time world records are going to be broken. And Jawan's going to leave a very nice legacy. And I think that we could safely say and announce, because you've already said this a couple of times on Instagram and stuff, this will be his retirement from the 181 class. Right? Correct. correct. That's right, man. So we do some damage. One final meet at 181. Have some fun at what is one of the best meets ever put together. And I'm super excited to be there with you, bro. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. It's, it's going to be bittersweet. It's going to be an emotional one for sure. It is. The one yeah. thing that I freaking hate, it sucks because Blake has said this is going to also be his last meet at 181. And he said yep. he was going to go do it in sleeves, but he stayed in wraps, bro. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually, I messaged him. I did message him, and I seen him squatting raps. I was like, "Hey, what you doing in rap?" I you switched, bro. Yeah, yeah, but he told me what was going on. I was like, right, "I respect that," but uh, but yeah, but I'll see Blake later. I see Blake. That's right, bro. You guys can meet yeah. at one ninety eight next. Yeah, I see him. That's gonna be fun, man. Hell yeah! So. I mean, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope we gave you some good history, some, you yeah. find some different things about Jawan. Again, we didn't want to let on too much about the American Pro, but just know we're two and a half weeks away from us all being out there in Manassas, Virginia. It's yeah. going to be a good time. I'm excited to be there in your corner and, and sign us out, bro. Yeah, I'm glad to have you there, man. Um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, everybody stay tuned. We're going to do some good things. In uh in Manassas, so I just got to make it there. We'll get there. Hell yeah, man! Thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the WRPF podcast. <laughs>